Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Just a quick disclaimer, this episode was recorded pre-pandemic. Hi, everybody. We are back with another episode on Katie's Crib, um, one that I know you guys are going to find very informative. This this topic came about because a few of my friends have kids that are slightly older than Albie, so I always look to them to, like, tell me what the hell is going on. And their kids are currently in occupational therapy. And I was like, wait, what is occupational therapy? I don't know much about it. So when a mutual friend introduced me to Marlene Handler, who I have sitting across from me, I knew I had to have her on the crib and I have to ask her all my questions. So you know Marlene is an occupational therapist who currently works at a high school called the Brooklyn Transition Center, where the curriculum is designed with a focus on basic vocational training. She integrates mindfulness and wellness strategies into her personal practice to help her students navigate everyday stressors and function better at school. Hi, Marlene. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank this you is, so much for having me. Oh, my me. gosh. My pleasure. Like, what is occupational therapy? Oh, Can you tell me? Oh, my goodness. Tell this me. Is seriously, the million-dollar question. Does everybody ask you that? You know, it's funny because all through OT school, mm-hmm. everybody is like, what is OT? Yeah, what is it? We're studying this, and what is it? Like, wow. it's so, so It's so broad. It's so broad. Okay. It's, like, all-encompassing. I think the simplest way to explain it is that it's helping people engage in the activities that they find meaningful mm. throughout their day in a more functional way, in a more independent way. So, I mean— And this can range from adult <clears throat> children to adults? Like It's through the entire lifespan. Like zero to a million. And because so, it involves a lot of caretaking and it involves a lot of like. Yeah, I mean, it's like helping people like holistically thinking about everything that you engage in in your life and what you want to do and what's meaningful to you and really tailoring a plan to like help you be more functional and more independent in those activities. So it could really be everything like gardening, being a mom being more organized with your job, learning vocational training, mm. even just learning how to socialize better with people or your peers. or I mean, I work in a school, so it's like play and 
and like right. academic success and socialization. So it's truly a case. It sounds like it's truly a case by case plan for someone how to get them um, moving in the way that they want to be. Yes. So when you walk into a classroom, you have to gather a lot of information mm-hmm. about what does the student need? What does the teacher think they need? What do their parents think they need? What are they kind of, are they at the same level as their peers? All of these things you're looking at. Some kids I see in the classroom, some kids I see like in the cafeteria, if it's like during like feeding or manipulating a spoon. It just really, I I like go to them wherever they need me. Wow. Um, But a lot of them come to the OT room and I'm very, very fortunate to work with an amazing team of OTs in my school and have our own space because a lot of you know, New York City public schools, Can't. like, OTs don't have any space. They're treating in the hallway. They, like, oh they get, like, $100 a year for, like, supplies. Like, oh, my God. This oh my is God. not my school. My no, school is outstanding. OTs are so, like, underrepresented. The name implies, like, most people think I think, think they got to change the name. I'll ta- tell you right we, now. We need a rebranding Someone of occupational therapy. The <laughs> occupational therapists need to go to, like, a branding manager yes. and get their yes. shit together. I've been saying this for years. This is absurd. It yes. sounds so Sounds like we, like, ridiculous. help people with job applications. Yeah. What right. is that? I know. Trust me. Why? I know. We need to rebrand the OT profession. This is why I think we don't get a lot of... I don't know, love or, you know, you know, public knowledge. Are people constantly in your life like, wait, what do you do for a living? Like, are your parents like, what? I think, you know, it's funny. My mom is still like, um, I know you're not a teacher, right. but. Uh, but can we just like tell that to our friends because they don't really understand? Like so many people in my life, they're like, I know you're not a teacher, but I'm still not quite sure yeah. what you do. What would be um, examples of like what you're doing in the day? I know each one is very varied. Okay, let's just pick one. The first one that comes to your mind. A lot of the kids in my school, Mm -hmm. many of them are nonverbal or have Mm -hmm. very limited verbal skills. So you imagine being 16 years old, having raging hormones. You have special needs, so you can't, like, express yourself. Function in the world like most people. And then you also can't express yourself. Wow. So I do a ton of, like, movement-based activities, yoga, exercise. We have tons of dance parties, just really fun, engaging, full body movements. Wow. And then we do a lot of grounding work, which is like breathing, deep breathing medita- guided meditations, body scans, um, f- closing our eyes in, in a dark room and just feeling like taking breaths. I mean, really just that wow. that is really beneficial for the kids that I work with because they already have a lot of difficulty with expressing themselves and they get frustrated really easily. They act out in ways that are really aggressive. Right. That's the other thing is like you, a teacher's like, oh, I can't deal with this kid. They're hitting my other students or they're throwing things. And then you walk into a classroom and you do like a dance party and you have them do some yoga. And like the, that's rest, not of happening the, anymore. the rest of the day, the kids like chilled out. Wow. And that's like what, I mean, that's obviously the, you know, the most successful thing that you can do. Wish for. Sure. Um, it doesn't always happen that way, sure, but that's, you know, in terms of success stories, I see tons of kids all the time that have really, really big explosive behaviors. And mm-hmm. then you, I start doing like weekly meditations with them and things get a lot smoother. They calm down. They come immediately into the OT room and they like pick up the headphones to gesture that they want to do a meditation. Oh, um, a meditation is on headphones? <clears throat> for some students, yeah, that like need less distractions rather than doing it like on a speaker. 
in order to cope with everyday stressors like mm-hmm. mindfulness and yoga and movement is really helpful for all of us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's something that I do every day too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I practice what I preach, but it's definitely a big Do you practice trend. it with your own kids? I, I absolutely do. Oh my gosh, tell me more. I my- <laughs> need to be doing this. How old are your kids again? Well, my daughter, um, I won't say her name on yeah. air, but she just turned four in oh. November and she's got big feelings and big emotions. And we send her to meditation camp and yoga. Like my daughter like retains so much. Like she'll be frustrated and she'll be like, I need to smell the flowers and blow out the candles. Wow. I need to go sit in my teepee. I mean, imagine what it's like for being a kid in these this day and age, like when screens and everything's in your face and yeah. we are at such a high frequency oh culturally. I mean, yeah. we are just plus they're living in New York, but like right. <laughs> to just really take time. I mean, it's just very different from my childhood. I just remember like hours of boredom. Yeah. And like which I just so feel important. like which is so <laughs> important because that's where imagination comes out of yeah. and that's where when you're a kid you start to create games for yourself but like that is just not, it's not part something of the, anymore. No, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a shame because it's, you know, there's, I know how sensory overloaded I get, and right. I have all of these tools, tools at I your have, disposal. Right. I have, like, frontal cortex function, and I, like, know what, you know, what's going on. Right. I mean, children have no idea, yeah. and kids with special needs extremely don't know. Like, they really do have a hard time. Escape to Summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing at all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. How early can occupational therapy, because I think my friends in L.A. who have occupational therapists, I think some of them have started pretty young. 
Yeah, so right. it starts, like, in New York State specifically, mm-hmm. you can get early intervention services from birth. And if you need an evaluation or right. your pediatrician says, you know, your kid is not hitting major markers. Yeah, that's markers. what I remember happening. My friend <clears throat> had, like, a maybe it was a 13-month-old girl, and, you know, she only had a sound or something. Mm-hmm. And they weren't saying anything yet, but then, you know, the doctor was just sort of like, okay, if we come back at 18 months or two years and she hasn't progressed to, like, two words or something like that. I don't, I'm, like I'm being very general, so don't take that yeah. personally. You know, I mean, don't be measuring your yeah. child's <laughs> word count. Talk to your pediatrician. But um, it was like that was the first sign, mm-hmm. and then they had him evaluated and then evaluated again, and then probably around three they um, told her he's autistic and that's – but it was great because they put him in occupational therapy, mm-hmm. speech therapy, all these kinds of things. Which is really helpful at that age because really helpful. that's – obviously there's the most – their brain is coming is together, like happening yeah. in your brain, mm-hmm. and that's when you have the Want ability to, to get really, together, really, yeah. really make big, big changes. Yeah, and big strides. What What would be signs like milestones of toddlers? Yeah. Correct, like right, like not hitting developmental milestones, mm-hmm. not engaging. It's a lot of like, the eye contact. Yeah, like right? if you point to something across the room, is your kid engaging with you? Are they able to look? their peers or you know animals in the eyes, like mm-hmm. things like that. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not a doctor that would be diagnosing autism, but right. those but are those like are the early markers. Right. You know, are they able to, you know, have parallel play or cooperative play with their peers, like these sure. kinds of things? But I have to say, I was pretty shocked and alarmed at the cost. For private. For, ins- for like private, insurance would cover yeah. certain hours for her. But like when she wanted to put him in preschool, they said what was best for him and his diagnosis was for him to be in a preschool, mm-hmm. like not a preschool for special needs. Special needs. Okay. Um, but that they wanted him to have a shadow. Mm-hmm. Like someone that goes to them because he's someone that really copies, like he's a copier. So they were like the the more he is around kids in a regular preschool, mm-hmm. he's going to learn that stuff really quick because he was very good at that. And But she had to pay out of pocket. Yeah. A lot of people just don't have access to good care, oh which God. is really, really shame. And Ugh. I mean, a lot of the kids in the school that I work as well, they're from, you know, lower socioeconomic backgrounds uh-huh. and they didn't have a lot of the supports early on. And because I feel like early on, it's very much out of pocket, so, right? Like until it, yeah. you can get in the system. I mean, in New York State, because of EI services, you can get free state-funded support. Mm-hmm. The, you know, proficiency or the – there's a range of people is doing it, it. So is right. it – yeah, Ugh. are you getting like, good are you getting care? Quality? Are you getting quality? Who knows? Who knows? That's really – it varies depending on where you live and mm-hmm. who's available. But there are services, and then there are, the services continue from basically pre-K – through 21 within the school system Mm -hmm. if they are evaluated within the school system for needing special accommodations. Right. So there are free services. Again, we don't know if they're very good. The quality is varied. Do you find that people talk about in your profession that there are more autistic kids now? Or is that not true? Is this like a is this like a very triggering question? I'm not sure. I've heard it a bunch before is why I'm asking it. Yeah, so I looked just today at oh. the statistic. Oh, yeah, you guys, it, did I tell you Marlene Handler came in here with just, <laughs> she's such a professional, and I just can't believe how many note cards you have written. I adore you. Um, so tell me, what are the statistics on this? So today when I looked, it's one in 37 boys and one in 151 girls. So the 
Are you like the stats are changing so quickly? Because a few years ago it was like one in fifty nine boys, and now it's one in thirty seven. I think it's because obviously it's many factors. They're honing the diagnostic criteria. Mm -hmm. They're finding it earlier, Mm -hmm. right? So like there are probably many people walking around with some variation or some you know level right of autism mm-hmm. or aspergers or mm-hmm. something and they're functioning in the world fine right but they're you know they're getting better at finding it and diagnosing it early and it's i think it's like as early as like i want to say like 10 months i'm 37 and i don't remember even hearing this word no i know that when i grew up in New York, there were definitely kids in my high school with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. for yes. sure. Right. That was, and it was something in our lives. It was on our TV shows. There were characters right. on our TV shows right. with Down syndrome. You know, that was something I knew. I never knew autism, and I never knew Asperger's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I just feel like it's a real thing now, especially really when you're in, yeah. when you're a new mom and you hear other moms standing on, uh, you know, soapboxes talking about. You know whether <laughs> to vaccine. Well, don't vaccine, <laughs> vaccine your kids because yeah, yeah. you're going to give them autism and yeah. slow down that. No, 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 you know you hear all these triggering oh God, things. Like whether or everything not you've even looked it up, yeah, right? Just for some reason, in culturally, like in the zeitgeist, you hear this kind of stuff. But obviously, we're hearing it because the numbers are staggeringly high. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that's that's not yeah. low. The little bit that I know of the diagnosis and everything is like. It's definitely genetic factors. Mm-hmm. If you have a kid with autism already, you're you're more likely to have another kid with autism mm-hmm. or some level of it. Um, you know, age. There's women, like women and men. This is another big thing in like big urban areas is that having we're so having late. children yeah. much later in life. Yeah. The mean age before was like 22, and now I it's know. like. 39 or something, you know? Yeah. Like, I was worried. I mean, I'm 40. I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. Like, I was definitely like, I'm right there with you, honey. You know, I I hope everything is okay. And I work around kids that have a lot of special needs, and I see it all day. So it's like, it's always in my face. And I'm like, oh, my God, the likelihood is so high. What what are some, like, are there some success (laughs) stories you've seen with OT for some of your students, like, where you've seen OT make such a huge difference? Does something come to mind? Every day I see some sort of success, you know, in terms of, like, a kid making a social gesture to another kid. I mean, that's so big and Mm -hmm. huge, yeah. Um, One of the things that my coworkers and I do, we run, like, a weekly cooking group, and it's so fun. I mean, we're teaching these kids really, really important and necessary skills for themselves to, like, be able to make themselves a meal. Mm -hmm. But there's so much that goes into it, you know, learning to do, like, a task that has— more than one to two steps, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, socializing with their friends to, like, set a table, to gather ingredients, to clean up. Like, these are all really, you know, to us, it's like, oh, that's, like, set a table. Like, that's so simple and yeah, whatever. But, but these are the for real these kids, life. So you're doing real-life skills. Yeah, stuff. like, kids that, like, learn to put on their jacket by themselves that have never been able to do that before, That's that are 15 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Or, you know, I had a kid once that his—I'm not sure why, but his OT goal for many, many years was, like, to be able to write his name. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. This kid is, like, six years of the same goal. Like, obviously, like, we have to think of a different strategy here, you know? And we just started playing around with, like, different modalities like shaving cream and, you know— 
putty and all these different things. And he just started like making shapes of his, his the letters of his name. Mm. And now he writes his name. Wow. It's like just teaching them a different, it's like every day you have to really be creative and think about like, how am I going to reach this kid today? Bless you that you're like, you know? can really use outside of the box thinking. Um, I was going to ask you, what happens to your kids at school that are 21 and they're done with the program? Like, where do they go? So there are, again, New York City is a very unique place. Mm-hmm. There are tons of agencies and support services for kids once they, we say, age, age out, out, like in quotes. Sure. Um, there's like respite services. They can be taken to the movies. They can be taken to summer camp. They can work in day hab programs. Um, but it's a huge, huge process, like years of, you know, evaluations and psychosocials and doctor visits and all this stuff. And like, a lot of people just don't want to go through all that bullshit, basically, yeah, to get exhausting. the services. But, like, then they end up sitting at home for Watching the rest of TV. their lives or they go into, like, nursing, you know, a, some, assisted some care sort of living. assisted living uh-huh. facility because they become too— Depend- They can't do anything they can't on their do anything. own they and become their, their like family kind of burden. has full day yeah. jobs or yeah. night jobs or whatever it is. And so now Yeah, it's trouble. really, really sad, actually. It is— mind blowing to think about having a special needs kid who mm-hmm. will be your responsibility f- probably till past your passing. Right. And well, when I when I go to these scary. meetings, yeah, it's terrifying. When I go to the meetings with the parents, we have, you know, these meetings called individualized education plans mm-hmm. and we meet with the family and we meet with the team and kind of discuss what the kid is doing well and what they need more support with. A lot of these parents are like what am I going to do? Like, oh, my kid is gra- know, my, my kid is only 16. I only have five years. What am I going to do? And they're just terrified. Like, what if something happens to me? Yeah. You know, and it's like, course. I mean, I've, I cannot tell you the amount of times I've walked away from these meetings in tears. Mm. Like, I, I'm like, the mountains that these people are climbing oh every single day is profound. And wow. I, you know, I feel like so incredibly grateful to have two healthy children and yeah, yeah. be able to communicate with them and Put on a they can and they express can themselves. Write, write their name. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, simple things. But these <sighs> parents also, you know, they have so much stress on their plate. So they, they have health problems and they have financial problems and they have all these things. And it's like, if I can just help in like the smallest way, you I are. feel like I'm doing something good. You, you know, definitely like that's, are. That's my goal you are for so each day. Needed. I mean, yeah. and especially when I hear these staggering numbers, I'm like, how do you not take that home with you? I are you somebody I, who's good? Like when you get in your subway or car, you're like, I you do, transition. You know, I do to home take space, a little bit home you? with me, but I also I would, like. I, would be, I mean, I have yeah. like my own, like a million of my own strategies that I use every single day. Like I meditate regularly every oh single God, day. Oh my God, people, we need to get it together. <laughs> I need to met you. When? What time do you do that I at? wake up at 5.30 no. every day. Goodbye. Get out of here. I set my alarm. My kids get up at 7, so I wake up. I no. meditate. Stop I work it. out. Marlene, go away from day. me. This is why you look the way you do. And your mind is so I mean, like, chill I, this and you're is with your the index way, card? This is the way that I stay sane and that I work in a way that's healthy for what my students. What if you students. don't get sleep, though? I, I often don't get sleep. So you rather 
wake up at 5.30, meditate and work out because you feel like that will be more beneficial to your day and how you handle yes. things versus 1, hitting the alarm. Percent. Oh, yes. see, convince that side of my brain because I don't ever make that choice. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Can we, we're going to make like a very sharp left turn, listeners. Um, Marlene, Uh you are, but you are leaving a little bit of this job. Like you are going to go into a different sort of helping world. Marlene will be helping pelvic floors from here on out. (laughs) Finger I know we talk about the pelvic floor finger bang episode with Stephanie Prendergrass um, from I believe season one of Katie's Crib. But it was amazing. Why are you switching from this to the other? Like what what is inspiring this? I mean, you're a mom. Mm-hmm. So do I really have to go into a full oh, explanation? No. Oh wait, you sort of told me a little bit. <laughs> Your own pelvic floor stuff, fascination yes, and experience I, with birthing two children. I started is, having really a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction. Uh-huh. You know, really emba- embarrassing things like incontinence, you. all these things, and yep. it, it was like really embarrassing and limiting to like the and activities you're also that so I love. Physically fit, and you're so Thank active. You. Thank you for you to have to worry about whether or not you were going to pee is yeah. insane. Yeah, and my job is like I don't get like to just putting two hundred pound <laughs> special needs <laughs> need to. children on yoga balls. Yes, so I just started. I was really embarrassed at first. I didn't talk about it, and then once I started talking about it. Every single person I know was like, oh, my God, me too. Oh, God. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is not normal. It's not. We're young, like, healthy women. What is going on? This is not normal. We're not being offered the help we should be having. And then That's I, st- yeah, I just started talking to a ton of people. I started learning about it. I re- read a bunch of research and 
the statistics on the pelvic floor dysfunction are just insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 50% of women, like, after 30. I bet it's more than that. After one child, you know, it's oh, just yeah. crazy. Yeah, and then and then it's something really shameful. Oh, for so sure. a lot of people aren't even reporting it. Of course. So it's probably more like 80%. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so I just started talking to people about it, and I was like, let me take a course and just learn a little bit more. So I'm currently getting trained in pelvic floor rehabilitation. And wow. my hope is that by late spring, I will be launching my private practice in Brooklyn as a home-based <gasps> private. A home base? So yeah. people come to your house yeah. or you go to their home? I go to their home. Oh, my God. And also you being able to take all of your mindful work, your yeah, mindfulness yeah. and, and oh my like God, it's so, breathing. There's so and, much about like just kind of that mind-body connection, yeah. getting, accessing your pelvic floor, breathing properly, yeah. your posture, how you sit, how you hold your child, how you sleep. I mean, all of these things are so critical. The way that we exercise, I mean, people think they're doing good for their bodies. And they're not. And they're doing horrible things to their pelvic floor. Oh, yeah, so. what I learned, thank God I went. First of all, she examined me and massaged me internally and externally, and I'm going to tell you guys, like, that's what it involves. And no, it is not like I'm going to have a, like, it's not <laughs> in any way, shape, form sexual, you guys. I know. Um, also, I don't know if any other moms had this or you, but not only the pee problem, but my orgasm was completely fucked up. Completely. Like, bye. It's, it was yep, like a... Gone. Right. Like, sadness. Right, like, because all the muscles that Because all the muscles are blown out. Yeah, totally. And... Nobody tells you that. No one They're tells like, you that, but Katie's crib good will. Good luck. You're welcome. Good luck with your baby. Yeah, good luck if you and ever want to enjoy sex again. <laughs> um, but it was really great to go to her, and I feel very lucky that I— and I just feel fucking terrible yeah. that other moms don't get that access, even though yeah. that a public support spe- specialist exists. Sadly, they it's have to probably new, pay for it out of pocket. Again, it's like a new thing in the U.S. Like, sadly, I mean, most developed countries have been— having pelvic floor physical therapy or some sort of pelvic floor rehabilitation for years, and it's mandatory after you have a baby. Only in the U.S. do people not know about it. I uh, won't mention my doctor's name, but when I crazy. went to my six-week appointment, I said, listen, doc, like, what's going on with this thing hanging out of my vagina? Did you have a prolapse? I had something that yeah. I was not sure what it sure, was. Sure, And the doctor goes, listen, sweetheart, tell your husband never to look there again. Everything works, and just continue on. And I was like... What? Oh, my God. You asshole. Jeez It's not. Like, what is this thing happening? Like, no, like, let me refer you to a specialist. By the way, you're one of a million friends. I have not to scare any of you women listening (laughs) who are currently pregnant, but, like, I have a lot of friends who had prolapsed uterus, prolapsed bladder, prolapsed anus, all of those things, and— this is not. This is the shit that is not being talked this about. This is exactly. This is like the down and dirty. This is the down need, and dirty that, that, that like, about. why are we suffering? This right. sucks. And oh, we carried all of your babies, pushed them out of our vaginas, and right. now we're supposed and to be we're look, suffering. Tell your husband to look the other way. Suffering in silence. Fuck you. Right. So you are totally. taking. I feel like actually, so many of the skill sets that probably make you an incredible occupational therapist are making you an so. amazing pelvic floor specialist. We'll see, hopefully. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Because you're a caretaker. Yeah. And you are— um, And I'm a person who's lived through it, you've too. you lived you know? through it, too. Yeah. Um, and is there any advice, like, that you'd want to give to parents listening to this podcast who might be going down the OT path? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's obviously when you have— anybody even mention that your kid might need OT, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. I've had friends reach out to me and say, oh, my God, you know, the teacher says my kid should be evaluated. I'm like, okay, 
First of all, let's take a few deep breaths. Right. It's not as scary as you think. And ultimately, what we do as OTs is encourage success. So, like, even as scary as it may sound, it's super fun. It's Mm. super playful. Mm. It's we want to figure out the best way that's going to support your kid. And giving them some extra love and support and encouragement is never a bad thing. You know, and maybe they only need it for a short time. That's the benefit of starting so early. I mean, I say if you somebody says to get an evaluation, do it. And do it sooner. Right. Like sooner. Don't be the, afraid. Don't yeah, let your like, fear. Don't put it off until the kid gets older because right. like you want to see if we can support them while they're young, while their brain is developing and really give them the best tools for success as possible. And then to make another 90, 180, yeah, 180 degree turn, <laughs> advice for women struggling with their pelvic floors. Reach out to a pelvic <laughs> floor therapist. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, I know that it's scary. I mean, I also, as somebody that's now studying it and and learning about it, Mm. have been really nervous. And like the power is in like getting help and getting the education and just, you know, you can have so many like benefits long term just from a very, very short yeah, like you get, in six sex, therapy. you get six sessions, and it could be the thing that makes the difference between you needing you a having an orgasm. His, you having an orgasm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that mean, one, guys. Or having or a having surgery. Or having a total hysterectomy yeah. by the time you're 40 because everything totally, just everything's fucking falling collapsed. Out, yeah. Falling out. Yeah. Right. So get help. Like get seek help. help. Mm-hmm. And the therapists are really there to, like, make it smooth and easy for you. And we're, we're looking at like, you know, six to 12 sessions and you're like functioning again. One hundred. That was you exactly know, my story. It's not like six 10 sessions years. I, it was like it never happened. It's not like talk therapy. Like I go to talk therapy and I'm like, oh my God, I could be in this till I'm 100 years old. Right. And this sucks. It's like. No, pelvic floor therapy, you can see results very Results quickly. very yeah. fast. Very so true. just get yourself some help. Like that's my advice. And Call me or email me if you have Call questions. Call Marlene, you guys. When Marlene's private practice, it's so fun saying that. <laughs> private um, practice. It's so great. Pri- it really is love a it. Like, like the TV show brought to you by Shonda Rhimes. Um, when this becomes available, we will list um, – I will post it for sure, and we will be listing it in the Katie's Crib notes where we awesome. can make appointments with Marlene Handler yeah. if you are in the tri-state area once you start I can also give you my going. email if people have any Great. OT, school-based, oh, pelvic floor-related awesome. questions. They can shoot me an email. Um, Thank you so much for being on Katie's Crib. You You were a wonderful guest. And I loved how different these two topics are, and yet we covered so much (laughs) ground. Thank you all for tuning into Katie's Crib and for your beautiful messages and reviews. I absolutely love connecting with you and hearing your stories and questions. So email me at katiescrib at shondaland.com. We may just feature you on an episode. So hit me up. Thanks, guys. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 